The Graphic Histories Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and I'm your host, and welcome once again. Super great to have you here. Super great to be here. It's just super great all around. So, how are you? How is life treating you? How is your graphic history journey going? Are you enjoying the podcast? If so, please let me know. We got the email address, we got the website, we got the social medias. Uh, You likely know me personally, as some people listen to the show do. You can always... Yell at me in the street, say, hey, like that show, or hey, that show freaking sucks, or hey, why don't you do a show about Kite Man? You know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I should do a show about Kite Man, and maybe I will, but not today. Today's subject is one Mr. Freeze. I'll get into that a little bit later. He's a personal favorite of mine, and I'll explain why as we go. In the comic book world, few exciting announcements. One being that Stan Sakai's Usagi Ujimbo is being turned into an animated series for Netflix. I am beyond excited for this. I was a huge fan of the graphic novel. Continue to be a fan of it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Stan himself. I was lucky enough to meet Stan and Sergio Aragones at a at the Montreal Comic Con many years ago. At that time, I had some issues of my independent comic Humbug available. And I was dropping them off to different creators that I could see just to get some of their input. Uh, The two of them were incredibly nice, incredibly welcoming. Uh, They told me to come back the next day, and they would tell me what they thought of the book. So they took the time to take my book home, back to the hotel room, and to read it overnight, and then give me some pointers the next day. And that meant a lot to me and really uh, stuck with me. And the fact they would go out of their way like that to kind of help this nobody that just had this crappy independent comic he was toting around with them meant a lot and continues to mean a lot and uh, i was very very happy to uh to have that experience and stan is an incredibly creative amazing uh person if you haven't read usagi Jimbo, i highly suggest it people who are unfamiliar with him may know the character as the uh, the samurai rabbit that shows up in the teenage mutant ninja turtles every once in a while usually when they time travel that is him that's usagi usagi Jimbo. You should definitely check that book out. It's fantastic. And uh, watch the show when it comes out because any support for Stan is good support by me. Also, uh, there are a few other things going on in the the world, Um, mainly being around some of the series that's coming out, some of the things going on, uh, some of the new series. It looks like Invincible, the comic book Invincible, is getting by Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead, is getting its own animated series. This was his take on... Uh, superheroes kind of giving it his own sort of real world flavor to it and did it through image it was a very fun book crossed a a lot of interesting lines and uh came to a complete conclusion eventually but man oh man it was a fun ride while it lasted and if you like kirkman or you don't like kirkman uh, i think you would most people would certainly have enjoyed this book as it kind of treaded new ground in the superhero world and 
made something old new again, which is something that's very rare in comic books. So today's subject is Victor Freeze, a well-known Batman villain known as Mr. Freeze. Uh, I was always a huge fan of this character. Um, originally, Mr. Freeze was kind of a nobody character, and I'll explain that when we get to the actual portion of the uh, the full portion of the, the the episode. However, he was just sort of a joke, a kind of a character that didn't matter. And then the Batman animated series came out, and they gave him a whole new origin, a whole new makeover, and made him one of the coolest, most tragic Shakespearean villains in the Batman mythos. And the comics followed fairly closely soon after, after in response to how popular that character was. Um, even as a child watching that series, I remember being struck with what an interesting character he was. And he always sort of resonated with me in some way that I'm not quite sure why. Not that I had a rough childhood or that I was cold or distant or had a wife that was frozen in, in the cryogenics. However, uh, I think it was just the, the style of the character, the way it was, the lines the character had. Um, his whole thing was just super tragic. Um, and I always really kind of locked on to the character after that because I always thought, I mean, that version of him was so cool. The animated series version of him is by far the coolest. Forget the Arnold Schwarzenegger version from the Batman and Robin movie. I mean, we all know that movie was garbage. Uh, I mean, I like Schwarzenegger. Um, I I don't think he's right for that role. However, I do think that the basis of that character, which is the animated series, is by far as close to the mark of the best version of that character out there, I believe. So do yourself a favor. If you have the Batman animated series on DVD or Blu-ray, if you have access to it in some other platform, I'm not sure if it's on one of the others, go watch the episode Heart of Ice that introduces that character, and you will see just how amazing of a character that was and how groundbreaking that animated series was, uh, treading real new ground when it comes to villains, superheroes, to the way kids watch superhero cartoons because up to that point it was fairly basic but that show brought in a lot of nuanced stories of villains with backstories that you could relate to in some way or at least feel bad for them uh, it's certainly a recipe that's been mirrored lately in in some of the more recent live action shows kind of realizing that heroes are often defined by their villains and giving those villains a more interesting story and something more relatable to the audience. So, Heart of Ice. I tell you, in that episode, he says to Batman, Batman asks if he's willing to kill for uh, to get what he wants, which is basically to try to free his wife and cure his, his condition. And he says, think about it, Batman, in this cold, almost monotone voice. He says, never to be able to feel a warm summer breeze on your face, never to be able to hold the hand of a loved one. Oh yes, Batman, I would kill for that. And oh man, that put shivers down my spine then, and it does now. So go watch that episode, and listen to this episode of the Graphic Histories Podcast, Mr. Freeze. When one talks about humble beginnings, there are few more meager than that of today's subject. 
Mr. Freeze first appeared in 1959, and from his first appearance he was considered an inconsequential joke villain. Being lumped in with other duds in the Batman rogues gallery, and originally called Mr. Zero, that name was unusually prescient in relating to this character's popularity. After an analog of the character was introduced in the 1960s Batman television program, the villain's name was changed in the Batman books to match the live-action enemy's name, Mr. Freeze. In this pre-crisis continuity, Freeze was a scientist who developed an ice gun that backfired, coating him in cryogenic chemicals and altering his physiology to need sub-zero temperatures to survive. Considered such an unimportant part of the Dark Knight's rogue gallery, Freeze was killed in a one-panel gag when the Joker found him using one of his old storehouses and fried him using his hand buzzer electrocution weapon. After this, a totally revamped version of Mr. Freeze appeared in DC Comics. After he was introduced to the popular 1990s Batman animated series by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm. The popularity of that version of the character, including his tragic backstory, was too much for the decision makers at head office to ignore, and he was quickly given a makeover to match his animated counterpart, and reintroduced in Batman comics. Now, Dr. Victor Freeze was a genius cryogeneticist who was fascinated with frozen stasis ever since childhood. In his earlier years, he would experiment on animals, freezing them in his family's home. When his perverse experiments were discovered by his parents, he was sent to boarding school, where he further felt removed from his humanity. Eventually, his cold exterior would melt when he met a beautiful woman named Nora in college and fell in love. The two would go on to marry and live in wedded bliss, with Freeze moving from his infantile obsessions into a career in cryogenic experimentation. Eventually working with Gothcorp Enterprises, Victor would be faced with a horrible tragedy, one that would mark his first steps into villainy. His beloved wife, Nora, would contract a rare, fatal illness and be given a short life expectancy. Refusing to accept the inevitable, Victor would use the equipment in his lab to construct a freeze ray, one he would use to encase Nora in suspended animation and preserve her life until a cure could be found. His unusual work did not go unnoticed by superiors, and one Ferris Boyle would sell the information about this powerful new weapon to the mob. Attempting to gain access to the gun and sell it directly to Gotham's criminal element, Ferris would tamper with Freeze's experiment as he was preserving his wife in an icy placeholder. This interference would cause an explosion, killing Nora instantly and exposing Victor to a deadly cocktail of chemicals that would change his body drastically. Now only able to survive in conditions below zero degrees, Victor would need to wear a cryogenic suit to remain alive and keep his internal temperature at a level that would prove uncomfortable for anyone else. Overcome with his condition and the loss of his love, Victor would swear vengeance on all involved in his downfall, adopting the name Mr. Freeze. Becoming the first super-powered villain Bruce Wayne would ever face in this continuity. Eventually, Batman would defeat Victor, imprisoning him in a specialty cell in Arkham Asylum. After serving his sentence among the criminally insane, he would be moved to Gotham Penitentiary, where he would escape only to be recaptured by the caped crusader. A lone wolf of sorts, Victor didn't often align himself with other villains, choosing to instead work alone, with a few exceptions. He has worked as an enforcer for the Black Mask and the Penguin, but these were usually only a means to an ends in order to get him closer to one of his goals. He notably would work with Thomas Elliot, also known as Hush, providing a cryogenic chamber allowing the bandaged villain to preserve Catwoman's heart and use it to threaten her life and blackmail Bruce Wayne. Mr. Freeze would once again return to prison shortly after this encounter.
When Batman seemingly was killed by the cosmic villain Darkseid, many of his enemies were freed from Arkham Asylum by the Black Mask. Among those released, Freeze would return to a hidden lab and work on a new project he dubbed Ice-X Protocol. When the Gotham City Police Department would attempt to capture him, he would in turn capture Commissioner James Gordon and lock him up in his facility. There, Gordon would manage to cause an explosion weakening Victor and allowing for his capture and re-imprisonment in Iron Heights Prison. Later escaping, Victor would join the secret society of supervillains, creating a sub-zero machine for Nyasa al Ghul, daughter of the demon's head, Raz al Ghul. Providing her with the device she needed for her dark desires, Victor would be given access to the Lazarus Pit, an ancient mix of chemicals found beneath the earth, known to return people to life and heal those mortally wounded. Using its mysterious properties, Freeze would attempt to resurrect his deceased wife. With the mixture in the pit not correct and Victor's impatience to wait for the proper conditions, Nora emerged in a state of pure madness, blaming her husband for her current condition and adopting the name Lazara. Unable to allow her to leave him, Victor would freeze her once more. In 2011, DC would reboot its continuity in an event known as the New 52. In this altered universe, every hero and villain was given a makeover, not just in appearance, but an origin story as well. In this revised origin, Victor would once again be obsessed with freezing and the cold from a young age. This time it was sparked by his mother falling into a frozen lake. The temperature and ice was able to keep a reserve long enough for her to survive and for help to arrive. Witnessing this event ignited an obsession that would prove to lead Victor Freeze once again into villainy. It would later be revealed that the accident would leave Mrs. Freeze in a constant state of pain, one that her son would alleviate by pushing her into the lake once more, ensuring this time that it would finish the job. Eventually completing school and attending university in the field of cryogenics, Victor would once again meet Nora Fields, but this time under very different circumstances. This version of Nora was frozen in 1943, and at the age of 23 was diagnosed with an incurable heart disease. Overcome with grief, her family would have her cryogenically frozen, in hopes a cure would one day be found. A medical curiosity, her body remained frozen in present day, residing in Wayne Enterprises for further study. Victor would become obsessed with this modern-aged ice woman and write his doctoral thesis on her, eventually graduating and going to work for Wayne Enterprises in order to be closer to the object of his twisted desires. His fascination growing into a deranged sort of love, Victor would seek out methods of thawing Nora and returning her to life. Noticing that Victor was becoming unhinged, Bruce Wayne would intervene and end Victor's work on the project. Angry and lashing out, Freeze would throw a chair at the billionaire, missing the mark and rupturing a tube that housed cryogenic chemicals. This concoction would douse Victor, turning him into Mr. Freeze in this new reality. A shadow organization known as the Court of Owls would use Freeze's thawing formula to revive their frozen operatives known as Talons, and once achieving what they needed, attempted to kill their benefactor. Victor would escape, only to be captured by a Batman ally, the Red Hood, who would return him to prison. His stay in the penitentiary being only a brief one, Freeze would escape and align with the Penguin in order to return himself with his technology. Hoping to finally get revenge on Bruce Wayne, Victor would attempt to kill the Dark Knight's alter ego and leave Gotham with Nora, hoping to thaw her and start a life together. After infiltrating his former workplace, Victor would battle Nightwing and Robin, subduing them and eventually face Batman himself. Battling over the frozen body of Nora Fields, Batman would inject Victor's suit with his own thawing formula, defeating the frozen fiend once more. 
After another tweaking of their continuity, DC Comics would alter Nora's backstory once more, thereby making her history more similar to the animated series in post-Zero Hour. This time, she was the wife of Victor Freeze, having a career as a talented ballerina, but discovered she had an incurable type of cancer. She had wanted to live the last years of her life of her own free will, but her husband forced her into the cryogenic storage. Several years later, due to the events in the Year of the Villain storyline, Lex Luthor gives Mr. Freeze a vial that would cure and furthermore revive his frozen wife. Mr. Freeze had to kidnap several women who matched his late wife's characteristics in both mental and physical states, going as far as modifying their DNA to hers in order to experiment with the vial before reviving his wife. In the end, it worked, and his wife came back to life cured. She soon took up the name Mrs. Freeze, joining her husband in a career in supervillainy. No matter what the origin story, Victor Freeze remains a permanent fixture in the Dark Knight's rogue gallery, and is sure to hold Gotham City in his icy grip once more in the years to come. Mr. Freeze, the cold villain, the icy shoulder in the night. Ah, I'm out of other ones. I used all my ice puns up when I did the social media post for this, which I'm rather proud of. I thought I, I did a pretty good job. Certainly heralded back to some of the cornier uh, one-liners that Arnold Schwarzenegger's version of the character had in the Batman and Robin film, which I think we can all agree. I mean, can we? That, mo that movie was just an abortion. Like, truly? I know Joel Schumacher just passed away, which is really sad because he made a lot of really good movies, none of which were Batman and Robin. I mean, Batman Forever had its moments. I, I feel like I feel like if I watch it again, hopefully, like, I watched it a lot as a kid, so the nostalgia was deep in that. In fact, I listened to the soundtrack while I was writing uh, today's episode. So it kind of brings back a lot of fond memories of me as a kid watching that movie over and over and over again. So... If I go back and watch it now, I'm a little afraid to because I'm pretty sure I'll just see it for the, the hamminess that it is. But I think there is some gold to be mined out of that movie. I don't believe there is very much, if any, to be mined out of Batman and Robin. So, yeah, that movie sucks. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. There, I said it. What are you going to do about it? Huh? Freeze me? Well, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, as I mentioned earlier, please go watch that episode of um, the Batman anime series again. It's so good. So good. And watch all of that series again. The whole series is amazing. Uh, the Just League series that followed is amazing. The Superman animated series, also amazing. Batman Beyond, incredibly amazing. It's all just amazing. So get out there and go watch some of that stuff. All right. So next week is another edition, and I'm not 100% sure who I'm going to go with yet. I usually think about this before I record, and I didn't for some reason today. So now I'm going to pull a name out of my head. We just did DC. Let's jump back to Marvel with some, uh, some of the stuff coming out. I know the Black... Actually, yes, let's do this. So the Falcon and Captain America series is coming out. And I know the Captain is going to be featured in that, who is sort of a replacement... Uh, Captain America, John Walker, the USA agent. We're going to do him. We're going to do that guy. He's next week. The alternate Captain America, the US agent. It's coming. All right. So my name was Andre Myatt. It's been a real pleasure to be your host. Thank you to Ookla the Mock for our theme song at the start of the program. Love that song. Love that band. 
check them out. And thank you for listening today. And in the past and in the future, please make sure to hit subscribe. We are on CastBox. We are on Spotify. We are on iTunes. And we are on Stitcher. So please follow me on one of those. Subscribe. Like it. I'm thinking of getting some merch made. Thinking. Let me know if that interests you. Who knows? But anyway, thanks for tuning in. I will see you next time.